Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Two Man Show podcast. I, as always, am your host. And joining me, we have another very special guest. Why don't you tell them who you are? My name is, my ring name is El Guerrero. Uh, my uh, real name is Richard Arms. And why not? So, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Inform me a little bit as well. Uh, well, I grew up locally here in uh, Hayward, so I'm in the Bay Area my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and actually, I, I, to tell you the truth, I didn't like wrestling when I was young. Really? Yeah, I took away from the cartoons, man. Ah, understandable, understandable. Who wants to watch wrestling when you got Spongebob on TV tonight? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a little older than Spongebob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I grew up out here, and uh, I'm a carpenter, and and I love doing wrestling. It's just something I started when I was 17, Mm -hmm. and now I'm uh, a year away from 50, so... Wow. Yeah. Oh, right on. So what So what really got you into wrestling? Like you said, you weren't into it as a kid. So what was the thing that kind of roped you in? Honestly, man, I was, uh, it was one morning, and I was changing the channels, you know, on TV. And on came this guy, and he's standing there in a skirt. Kill. Okay. And I'm watching him, and there's this big, huge buff guy sitting down in a chair, and he's just talking smack to him. <laughs> so I, it got my attention, you know, and I'm right. watching it. Watching, and all of a sudden, man, that guy pulls out a coke and smacks him right in the side of the head. And it was Roddy Roddy Piper against Jimmy Snuka. And, uh, man, he just started bashing on him and beating on him. And then Gene Oakland came on and goes, they're going to be at the Oakland Coliseum tonight. And I was like, holy crap, i got to go see That's this. That's right this down guy, the road. Yeah, this guy's going to beat the crap out of this other guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I went there, and it was a bloodbath with him, Cowboy Bob Orton, and uh, the Tonga Kid. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was hooked. Yeah, that, that's what got you into it right I there? I've seen it, and I go, i got to do this. Right. Yeah. Right on, man, right on. You know, a, a lot of people growing up ha- have those experiences, and, you know, uh, you said you started at age 17. We just interviewed, you, you know, we just interviewed someone who started at the age of uh, 20, I believe it was 27, 20-something like that. And it, it, I, I brought up it gives that kind of glimmer of hope that, you know, no matter what age you are, you still have that ability to go out there and, and live a dream. Exactly. Something like that. You know, I, I'm 18 looking to also aspire to be a pro wrestler. And, you know, my parents tell me, oh, you had to start that when you're young. You know, looking at it, you know, that's, that's not a necessary thing as long as you have the heart and the drive to keep doing and going and going. That's right. So, you know, what was your biggest motivation through, you know, when you started that really kept you going? A lot of, a lot of people say, you know, that thought of being signed by WWE, you know, the thought of one day winning that world title. So, so what was your kind of, like, <laughs> moment to be like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep working? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, everybody's dream was to go to the WWE. But what kept me motivated is I, I put myself out there, man. I made myself accountable. Like I told all my friends, I'm going to wrestling school. So now everybody's expecting to see me wrestling. Right, so now you can't so be that, like, that pulled like, me through. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be, you know. But having wrestling, I'd be like, oh, I couldn't do it. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, and, and when I trained, man, let me tell you, the, the ring we trained in had a bottle jack underneath it to hold it up. God. It was stiff, man. This ring we got now, it's like, it's like landing on a sponge. <laughs> I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, it's not like landing on a sponge, but compared to the ring we trained in. And how long ago would you say that? that what, what what year can you give us when you first started training? That was 1986. Tell your family I said hello and your fiance. Hi, bro. It was 1986. 1986, right on, right on. 1986, I started uh, wrestling. I started wrestling with Shane Cody. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys that trained me. Yeah, Shane Cody's actually about eye distance from me right now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. gonna get him on here. Uh, 
here on in a little bit right before he goes out there. Yeah, him and his dad, Woody Farmer. Uh, Woody was a good guy. You know, put me through uh, wrestling school. I started the wrestling school and I broke my collarbone. Huh. Jeez, how'd that happen? <laughs> when we started back then, you know, you just went by how good you were, meaning how natural you were at it. Okay. And uh, so the second day, the second day of training, I was doing snap-ins over the top rope mm -hmm. and uh, monkey flips, which people really don't do these days. But uh, yeah, it's kind of an underrated type move. It's more of those like pull it out once in a while in a turnbuckle type move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's one of those, if you can get a good enough guy to sell the move, then, then it's going to look right. a lot better. Guys right. like, you know, young guys like Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, those guys take them, can really get some air and really make right. it look like an actual move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you make it, instead of somebody just, like, they're carrying them over their head. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's because they get scared to go up in the air. Yeah. That's it, all it is. You, you know, I, I've always wondered that, you know, being, uh, you know, training in pro wrestling and such, whatever those moments where, where you had you had a spot or you had a set where you're just like, I, God, I'm terrified to do this right now. Like, this is either going to hurt or I'm going to break something somehow. Yeah, I've had those moments, and I still do. <laughs> I mean, because since I'm older, all these young guys come in. And, well, let me back up. So I, I went, I wrestled for about 10 years, mm -hmm. from 86 to uh, 96. Right. And then... Uh, I took a 22-year hiatus, and I came back. Jeez. Yeah. That's no, that's no Shawn Michaels lost my smile. That, that's a... I came back at 47. Wow. Wow. 47 years old. Right and, on. Uh, I got in the ring with these guys, and everything was different. Yeah, yeah. So, guys jumping off the top ropes doing... 450 splashes. Right, right, exactly. You know, and and that's also a, a, a pretty big thing now between seasoned wrestling fans, you know, back going to the, right. the Federation era, the Golden Era, to guys now, the, the, the new era of wrestling. What is wrestling? Is it that high-flying style? Is it... Is it the mat work, or is it, you know, is it just adaptive? Is it just how, is there no actual term to wrestling? Is it just how the people wrestle? Yeah, well, I, I think it's, it's just how they wrestle and the way it's changed. It's evolved. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely evolved because uh, UFC, you know, all that stuff put us out of, uh, put us out of business, plus people, you know, opening their mouths when they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, ruined the whole thing. But, you know, it's going to evolve and it is what it is. Uh, I think that, uh, where was I going with that? Twitter just woke up. <laughs> I had a good train of thought for a second there. No, no worries, um, no worries. But yeah, it just, it's evolved and, uh, like, they do, they do so many high spots now and so many finish moves and it's just like, Man, you know. You know, you get maybe three or four false finishes in a match before you get right, a pretty then, underwhelming move. You know, and they're devastating moves, you know? Like, oh, yeah. You know, package pile drivers, Gosh, stuff yeah, like you know? like that. A package pile driver should, should end almost a guy for a couple weeks to ride him off TV and not right. get a false count right, at two right. and a half. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when I was wrestling back in the day, you know, it's, you could do a bulldog, and that was the, that was it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the end right there. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those blue... My, I, I, I touch on female wrestler Alexa Bliss or finish moves to DDT. That, that's a move that should end a lot of matches. That's yeah. a move where you're, you know, in, in wrestling terms, in, in impaling a opponent's head into the mat. Right. That should be it right there. Exactly. That shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a comeback move for somebody. Right. That shouldn't yeah, be yeah. a move that you can get up from in, exactly. in, in a minute. Exactly. And that's the whole thing where they see guys get punched in the face in UFC three times and they got blood everywhere. Yeah. We're, do, we're doing a 10 count in the corner. I mean, you know... I, I love it because it's, I don't do it because I want it to be real or not. I just like to do it because I love to entertain. Yeah, de definitely. I think that's one thing where I learned that if I'm not gonna be if I'm not gonna be a pro wrestler, 
uh, I, I want to be one of those. Drop my drop my recorder. Going to be one of those heel managers. Going to be you yes. know sort of like a. I I I absolutely adored uh, Jim Cornette. Jim Abs- Cornette is my favorite. Yeah? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I love him. Abs- absolutely. Co- oh, always He's listening to the great. Jim Cornette experience. <laughs> absolutely love him. Just the the things he does and how he he can so naturally get people to hate him. Yes. It, it was one of those things that always that always caught my eye was I didn't grow up watching this, but even watching this now with no backstory, I, I hate this guy because he's, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, all of that. It was just one of those things where it's like, I, I'm hooked on this now. Yeah. It was definitely that feel of like, this is entertainment right, right. At, at, at a good level. There's Coco's Bird again. Yeah. Jesus. They're about to go out there, but uh, it, it was that level of entertainment and that level of almost believability. Exactly. Where, where it's wow, I really hate this guy because he, he's saying all of these things and he's got these two buff guys to, to back, back him up. up. Yeah, yeah the, it, a pencil neck geek with the glasses and talking smack to me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, even even more modern, we can go with, you know, Paul Heyman, who, who's a master at, at selling you a pay-per-view, at yes. selling you any match that Brock Lesnar has, whether it gets Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, or, or, or John Cena. Yeah. He can sell that. He can make that feel believable. Exactly. So it, it was one of those things where, it, it you know, the ability to entertain doesn't have to strictly stick to high flying, right. do do the crazy 450 spots. It, it can definitely be either mat wrestling or it can even easier just be grabbing a microphone and and, and, and going off. That's that's my gig. Yeah. That's my that's my. I think that's the only reason why I survive these days because I'm good on the mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I get out there and it's like. I just, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, honestly, you know. Uh, you know, it, a lot of people find it like that. They just see, you know, I can go out there and I can pull off a, a good heel character. I may not be a bad person in real life, but I can pull off this heel character very, very well. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's because it's like my alter ego. It's, you know, uh, it's an extension of who I am. Right. You know, but somebody that I keep... You know, down below, suppressed. You know what I mean. So, someone that you only bring out when you're yeah, when you're yeah, signing yeah. the checks, and you he think, all right, ready to go. He's saying to everybody what I'm thinking in my head all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, this guy's the inner monologue. Exactly. Let him out. Let him out once a month, right. and and we're good on that. Right. Exactly. And I remember what we were talking about earlier when I lost my train of thought. You were asking me if there's been any moves that I'm just kind of like, and uh, man, I'll tell you what. They they got this hurricanes. They got just all kinds of moves that the guys will tell me, oh, it's just easy, we're going to do it like this. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm sorry. That nervous. looks tough. Yeah, well. You know, especially for when you think about it, a seasoned veteran wrestling, feeling like a hurricane run is a, a big move compared to a guy that's <laughs> watched wrestling, and I still think, like, that, that's a crazy fucking move. That, yeah. That's a move that looked like I could snap my neck in half in two yeah. minutes if right. I took that. Right, exactly. So it, it definitely really tests to the ability yeah, of, really yeah, it's a big move. Yes. But is it a big move that should be used constantly? And by, you know, should this be a move specific for little guys, for bigger guys, or, or right. Right. you yeah. know, stuff like that? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it should be for big, for the little guys. Yeah, I, I saw guys. Kevin Owens pull a Hurricane Ron. And yeah, he pulled it off, but it makes that idea of, like, the whole lucha and, and cruiserweight style wrestling go away because right. if he's doing that anyone can do that right so exactly. it's that feeling of like the believability still needs to be there you know we recorded my co-host matt and i recorded in a an episode talking about kayfabe talking okay. about is kayfabe dead is it is it ever able to come back yeah. and you know we had, wow lights just came on and we had said no we had said that it's something that it's, just, it's long gone now yeah. it, it's engraved in our minds that it's not wrestling it's sports entertainment exactly so it, it, it's an unfortunate thing because back watching then with Jim Cornette, even Paulie Dangerously when he was when he was that like 
there was that believability aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You it can it can be there. I mean, you can't pull it off like they used to. You know, getting draws of crowds in because yeah. people are thinking it's real. But I've had plenty of times where, as a matter of fact, when we had the outside show and I fought against Jack Madison. And I was beating him on the end, just working the shoulder, beating him, beating him, beating him. And then when I was about to hit him with the chair, the guys came out of the back and, and took the chair from me. Watched, was so pissed off, I ran inside the ring, tried to grab the chair. And a lot of people that didn't, that don't know me personally were like, dude, you really got mad at that guy. You really wanted to hurt him, huh? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, oh well, yeah, well, hell yeah, I yeah, abso- to hurt him. Sure, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Even though they know. It's, you know what I mean? They go home knowing it's... They, they go home knowing. Guy, they, they know that it's not real, but they go home and they go, but you know what? El Guerrero's really going to beat the shit out of him that day. Oop, can I say that? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Don't, really don't censor. beat the shit out of him that day. You know? Just, it, so it brought a little bit of reality, and if somebody's like, hey, was that, you were really mad? I'll go, oh yeah. I don't want to ruin it for him. You yeah, know for sure. You, you don't want to, you don't want to go, you know, in the age of social media. We yeah. talked about kayfabe as well, where we got, you got two guys locked in a feud, but outside of that feud they're they're hanging out at a starbucks drinking right. coffee hanging out and it, it, it's you know go back go back to the 80s you're not going to see andre the giant Hulk hogan hanging out at a bar right, you know exactly. eat, eat, eating some food you're, you're <laughs> going to see them as far away as possible you can see them in different buses right. you know right. and, and stuff like that now it just seems like it, it the idea of it's gone away because they realize you know no one believes this so let's try to play more to the entertainment side right exactly and now I think they kind of went away from. I can't. I'm just, I'll be honest with you. I can't even watch WWE. I can't watch any wrestling. There's too much, too much talking crap going on. It's it's like, a lot of filler for yeah. for a three hour show. Oh, you God. get, you get your main guys in at the beginning. You get your, basically your piss break matches in between. Sure. In the end, you'll get a a, a a bit of an explosion, and then you just wasted three hours watching it. <laughs> you know. I mean, I can't even. I can't even record it and watch it. That's how bad it is for me. Yeah, and, and and that's understandable. If, if, even thinking about it, if you start from Monday to Wednesday, you've got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, one hour of NXT. Right. That's that's way too much wrestling all consumed into one. Yeah. So it's it's hard to get a three-hour show and then get someone to watch a two-hour show and then watch the the their version of the indie show. It, it, it's it's a bit of a a struggle to keep these people constantly watching. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the guy. The, wrestlers in there, the guys, boys that are working, man, you know, they're doing their job and they're doing it good. I'm talking about all the stuff that they have to do. Right, yeah. So, and I've heard a lot of stories how, you know, they don't let these guys, they don't let these guys be themselves, you know, so they're really stiff out there. Yeah. As far as, you know, being in there. They'd be yeah. like, if they told me, yo, you can't be over there, oh, we want you to be somebody else. I'd be like, <laughs> Like, oh, well, too bad. We'll see how that goes. It looks like a <laughs> you'll robot, see, you'll you know? see who you get. And you can definitely hear in some people's promos where they're, it's almost like they're reading it off their wrist. Exactly. You know, being being out here, being at a at an indie show, getting to interview some people and, and, and really see that inside of wrestling that, yeah. like, like, yes, we play these people, but we're also actual people here just wrestling and we'll give you our sides and we'll give you the real side and the entertainment sure. side and all that good stuff. So it's definitely a... Uh, a, a refreshing take. So for people that don't watch indie wrestling, I mean, would you recommend the indie style wrestling over WWE? Yes. Yeah. I would because it's more personal. Yeah, I you noticed that it's in there. Very... You've got the heels in there that are yelling at the crowd. Yeah. You got the faces in there hyping up the crowd, and it, it all felt believable. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it's it's really personal for people to be able to go in the back and meet the wrestler. Yeah. You know, you don't have to yeah. go up front and buy a forty-five dollar shirt. 
you know, just to see him up close. Yeah, know? for sure. Even getting to to sit back here, interview you, you know, got, getting to meet the people that I've met today. It's yeah. just for, for me being 18 and just starting the show no more than 10 months ago is it, nice. a huge achievement for me. Yeah, it, it's it's huge and it's an honor to be here. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff with indie wrestling. It can give you a lot of opportunities, even if you're not a wrestler. If you want to get into the radio business, if you want to just get into how can I get into the production area, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It, it, there's gateways through indie wrestling, and I guarantee you, no matter where you live, there's an indie there's an indie wrestling yeah, promotion they, there. They've really popped up. No matter what. You know, when, back when I yeah definitely because back when I was wrestling, back when I started, there wasn't all these indie places. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had gone through all the places being shut down by Vance. Mm-hmm. All the territories, you know? Yeah. and So we were lucky if we got to do a house show every four to eight months, mm-hmm. you know? So we'd have one show. You know, we wouldn't have another show for months. Right. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it was such a, almost like a novelty to go out and be like, yo, we're going to go watch this. Like, we're not going to have a lot of chances. Let's go watch this. Exactly. And now it's, it's you know, no matter where you go, you can, you can get a $15 indie ticket. And yeah. it's, it's not bad wrestling. No, it's good. Watching this, it, it, it was fun. It was energetic. The crowd was into it. Clearly, the wrestlers were into it. Yeah. So it brings a lot of refreshing sights back to wrestling. There is a clown. There this is, is frightening. That's the man. Small gesture. Oh. Jester Jinx. Jester Jinx. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today, man. No problem. Really appreciate you. it. Thank you. I Pleasure, man. I appreciate it so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned in to another edition of the Two Man Show podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the number two man show. That's at the two man show. And we will be talking to you guys so soon.